Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Envision Together, going to our next level of best. So I'm excited to welcome my guest, Mayrov Zer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. I am a theater nerd through and through. I love theater as you know, an audience member watching it. I love what's going on behind it, and I love doing it, creating it, and performing it. So I, I love all aspects. So that means in some ways we're some kind of twin or something. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> so you're um, a theater nerd. I can certainly relate to that. As you know, I have a background acting in high school, then as a playwright. And so when we started chatting a couple of months ago, it was just a natural yep. flow. So it gives me an extra artsy energy and excitement about our time together today. Yes, same here. Yeah, all right. I think theater prone people find each other and immediately click. Like it's like one of those things we get each other, and then people that aren't into theater don't understand what's the what, exactly. what the what the thing is. What, what are you connecting about? And yeah, those those are strange people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but okay, whatever. Pick me. I'll be straight. It's fun. It's a fun life. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And it's it's even beyond that. You know, I love that it, it's so much part of real life that people don't even know. It's so underestimated. Like it really lets people get perspective on, on the world, on other people. I completely agree with that. Art serves a certain purpose in society and culture. And it pricks at us uh, to make us engage and think about things in new and different ways that we may not have before. So we know the common saying is art imitates life. Sometimes art will make you just stop in your tracks and you see something and you're like, whoa. And then it can hit you after that. Ooh, that seems like me. Yeah. Do something about myself. Yeah. Or isn't that a fabulous thing about myself? <laughs> yes. It isn't that the best? It's that's the best when you find out about yourself or about, you know, a situation you're in or somebody else and you finally get them and you're like, oh and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even to learn about people in a different country. Girl, we can yeah. go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Art is valuable, is what we're really yes. saying. Yes. And it happens to be fun to be a um participant, I'll say. You know, that drew me in to pursue it professionally. I just love to do that. I love working in it and working at it and working for it. So it, you know, it made sense. Right. 
And I'm excited because you've agreed to perform for us today. <laughs> yes, a little, a little bit. It'll be like a virtual sneak peek. <laughs> Wonderful. And I hope it causes people to seek you out and Yay. you in person. So let's jump into really we're starting from a place that is we I've been saying fun, 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 but we're gonna actually start by talking about a topic that is um That is is not fun. (laughs) I know that infertility is a painful subject. And I also know that you're passionate about educating others around this subject. Uh, And it's coming from a personal experience and a painful place for you. So please just tell your story from the beginning. Things that you are comfortable sharing with us. Sure. And, um, and it's funny that when I'm hearing you say that I'm passionate about educating others, cause like just a few years ago, I had no inclination of even daring to speak about it. Hmm. So now that, you know, it's become this purpose is kind of like strange to me in a way. Cause I never expected that it wasn't, you know, my thing. Kind of like you took your pain and you wanted to do something with it. And so it became purpose. Yes. It, it became way, way beyond what I thought. So basically it happened because I was professionally, I was creating shows, producing them, writing them, directing them, performing in them. I was, you know, doing everything theater for years. Uh, That's what I was doing professionally. But personally, I was also experiencing infertility and secondary infertility, but I wasn't speaking about it to anyone. Uh, I made my husband not talk about it with anyone. It was like our own little thing because I didn't know anyone around us that was experiencing it. So clearly we were the only freaks of nature in the world. And I didn't want anyone else knowing about that. Um, So we didn't talk about it. And, and then it just became this thing that we just, you know, it's just how it, how things were. And we didn't talk about it and didn't talk about it. And then a few years ago, we had experienced uh, yet another miscarriage and this one was a, a big one and it was very, heavy and, and weighted. And for some reason after that, I felt kind of ready to talk about everything that I had gone through, but I just didn't know how to do it. And so I just said, okay, great. Now I'm kind of sort of ready to actually say something, but I don't know how and, and what I'm going to do with it. Let me pause yeah. for just a yeah. second, because I really want them to know your starting point. And I know yeah. that when we talked before, you kind of told me, you gave me insight Yes. Relationship, dating the man of your dreams. Take us all the way back. I want to know. All the way back. Birth? (laughs) No, (laughs) not conception. But I want to know. The dinosaur era. Um, Before this happened. Let's go back. When I, you know, I was dating just like any person, dating, dating, whatever, finding the right person. That one's not, that one is, whatever. When I met my husband and I don't know if I, if I want to say love at first sight, but we kind of just like, it was very natural for us that it was clear that that was the click. That was it. And, you know, we were like, okay, so we're headed toward just being together. And marriage to us was just basically a way to make it official before we start having kids because we don't want kids out of wedlock. But basically it what you know, we, we were like, we don't need a certificate. We're together, but you know, we'll, we'll get married. Cause yeah, it's a thing. Everyone's doing it and yeah. we'll go have kids. And from what I knew, and I think my husband was pretty much the same, but for me, for sure, as a, as a woman, I knew what I knew from what I learned when I was growing up, which was mainly what I picked up from 
movies and TV and a lot from my sex ed class in school and friends. And basically that was, if you're having unprotected sex with someone, you're going to get pregnant. It's inevitable. It happens. You may just walk by each other and you'll get pregnant. That's how it is. You have to avoid it. You know, that was, (laughs) that was basically it. So not being able to do that was not even a a thought because it, it was like, yeah, the, the, the sun exists, the earth revolves around it. It's like, it's a fact, you know? So when we first started trying, it was already like in my head, I was like, okay, so we're starting now. So that means, you know, just, I gotta be ready in a year from now. I'm going to be like a mom. And you know, I was like, I was already thinking this just how it is. And when it wasn't kind of sets us up for, you know, it's going to happen like that. Yeah. And also that's what we heard from around us. You were like, oh yeah, we're going to start trying. And then bam, like a few months later, we see them with a baby. That's just how it was. We didn't know in retrospect, we didn't know people were just not talking about everything else, but that's how it was. And things were happening and we just kept at it and we were like, okay, it's been a while. It's been almost a couple of years of officially really trying and tracking and whatever. Something's not right. Somehow I ended up speaking with uh, with a doctor and saying, you know, what's going on? And then, yeah, maybe there are fertility issues. So we went to a fertility doctor and that started everything. We were actually about to start getting into all the treatments and, and stuff because we had what was called unexplained infertility, which I like to call the fun kind. <laughs> it's the kind <laughs> where it's like everything is working but somehow one in one is now making three, which is really annoying. It's like, I was okay. I about to say, what does that even mean? That's what that means. It literally means medicine can't explain it. So they're literally calling it unexplained. It, they're not there yet okay. medically. I'm sure that 50 years ago, there were other things that you know they couldn't explain. It's officially called that, which I thought when we first heard it, I thought that's ridiculous. Couldn't you think of a better name? It's literally that. So that's what it was. They couldn't find any other reason. Everything was working, you know, as it was. I'm sure maybe today there are things that we didn't check that didn't they didn't check back then, but I don't know. As it was, that was it. And we were supposed to go into fertility treatments. And then I think, I don't know what happened, but the planets were aligned. And right before I was literally about to inject myself with the first set of hormones. I felt something was kind of off. And so I went for another blood test and we found out we were pregnant naturally, which was okay. That's great. And we had our daughter and then we really went into the muck of secondary infertility, which became unexplained secondary infertility because now it was really unexplained. Like we actually had proof that everything was working, but yeah, this is about a miracle child. Yes. And it happens. Actually, it's not all too uncommon. There are many, many people that, uh, you know, first baby wasn't a problem. I mean, for us, it took a while, but for some, it can happen. And then secondary, uh, you know, to expand and have a second child, that's the problem or a third child. So a lot of people gave you that news. How did you experience it? Like, was it devastating? You know, it was funny because we were just like, okay, this is it. And this is what we're going to do. So it was an, an immediate moving on to like an action. So I didn't really have time to process that, which in a way, I guess that was okay. But it was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Cause that's what we were told to do. So that's what we're going to do. You know, we were like good little soldiers and we were like, okay, let's do that. Did you feel like something's wrong with me? Did you Oh, totally. Mm. Totally. For me, I'm the one with, as I say in my show, all the parts. 
I'm I'm the machine. I I got on a woman that's a little different. Is that what you're speaking to? Yeah, I think you know, for a woman, it's like, and that's what we that's what also we grew up on. The women have the babies. That's just you know the the men they just provide you know a little seed and that's it. But like the women do everything. For so many years, we didn't even know that it could quote unquote. If you talk in terms of fault, which we don't want to do, but right, if you did, it's, it was always somehow the woman's fault that it's not working. We didn't know that it could be right. And many times, men were not even tested. It went a long way that the woman had to go through lots of tests and procedures and everything until they thought, "Hey, let's also test the man." Now, and also when we were starting, it was it was for both of us initial tests for both of us. But again, everything was found to be good and fine and working. And that was the weird thing. But um, yeah, so that's, you, you know, have this miracle gift child. And um, sounds like such an emotional roller coaster. Yes. You know, everything infertility related, it's just so loaded and so loopy and crazy and, and surreal. And beautiful thing happens. And it's like, okay, and you all elate it. And also for secondary infertility, it's kind of rough because if you're trying to find a little bit of support, you're kind of caught in the middle because you're too fertile for the infertiles, for the ones who haven't had their first baby, but you're not fertile enough for the fertiles because you haven't had more than one. And you're kind of like caught. Do I dare speak about that? Because other people haven't even had their first. Can I be understood by people who have more. And it's, it's kind of very strange. And also, I, you know, we had our own, our own stuff. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, my child's going to grow up, you know, an only child. And I, you know, all the guilt and cause I grew up with a sibling, my husband grew up with siblings. So can I just tell you, thank you. I would never know the complexities of being in a situation like this. If you weren't explaining it yeah, very detailed and kind of I mean, it's a complex situation, but you explain it in such a simple way that you're enlightening me. You're teaching. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. And that's actually what I thought of. I could finally talk about it. That's what I wanted to say. Cause I, I was like, okay, I think I really want my friends, at least my close friends to understand why sometimes I, I don't, feel like going out with them to this place. Or sometimes I'm, I have these crazy days because I was tracking everything in my body and what, you know, like I just wanted them to kind of understand me in a way, you know, understand where it's coming from. I didn't want any pity. I just wanted to be understood. And so I just didn't know what, how to do it because I didn't want to tell them even like I'm telling you now, I, I will just bawl because I never talked about it before. I would just cry. And I didn't want that because I didn't want to be like a downer. So I kind of thought about it. It really frames it in a certain way in my mind when you say you're tracking every single thing in your body. Everything. You become how obsessive. How exhausting. Yeah. Mentally, spiritually, physically. Everything. Exhausting. Everything. It's so consuming. And then that's just you and your body and your brain. You also have a partner in this and they have their own stuff going through. And just like I was telling you how I was feeling, okay, I, I got the machines. I'm the guilty one. But my husband was also in a situation where he is not the one who can carry a baby, but he, he said, it, I would if I could. And he, he felt also very helpless because he couldn't do it for me biologically. You're in this situation where it's this constant dual stress, but your own kind of stress, but you're stressed together. It really taxes on the relationship. 
I know one element is some people, they have to schedule intimacy. How does that kind of take a toll on the intimacy itself? It takes all the toll, the entire toll. You know, when you're like younger and you're like, okay, and now it's this fun thing and spontaneity and romance, and it's all just shoved out in this like really back window because it turned into a task. It is. It's a complete task. And it becomes, you know, the first time you're like, okay, it's not so bad. And then the second time, okay, it's not so bad. But you're in this rote kind of routine where it's like, okay, come home from work now. You got to come now. And then it's just like, okay, we got to do this now. We got to do that now. I don't feel like it, but we got to do it. I have my window. I have my thing. I have my, it becomes, strips everything away. And it really, really tests your ability to kind of function in this constant state of stress. And it really tests your relationship. You shared with me in a previous conversation Something I had actually never considered. Maybe I'm just that naive or I don't know. I apologize. No worries. You shared that some families, it's so stressful that it ends in divorce. Yeah, I I didn't know that either. When we were deep in one of the, I think it was our IVF treatment, we had spoken to to one of the uh, medical professionals there. And in passing in conversation, they were saying, well, yeah, you know, we also had patients here that that went through several rounds and then they finally did get pregnant and have a healthy baby, but they divorced within, you know, uh, shortly after and several couples like that. And I'm like several couples like that only in this clinic. And, you know, and you're thinking how many more and how much more. And and we also later heard on about people that we sort of knew and and it just, it's devastating because, you know, you're in this thing. All you want to do is do something that you thought was this natural thing that's supposed to just happen and it's not happening. And look what it does is just, it really, And it yeah. sounds like many people in this situation are suffering in silence. It completely. And, and as I was, that's, when I came up with the idea of how am I going to speak about this, I suddenly said, okay, wait a minute. What if I utilize my professional background and kind of perform it? And then maybe I can do comedy. I can do that, that I can talk. And finally, I got like a language and a tool that I can use. And I said, okay, I can do that, that I can do. So I, I literally invited my friends over one night to my house. I, I created like a group text And I said, hey, come over on this day for hormones and cookies or something like that. (laughs) Obviously, they knew what I do. And so they were like, okay, she's just being silly. We'll come over. You know, they didn't know what it was, but they came. And I found myself in my living room sitting in front of a bunch of my close friends who were there and just telling them everything that I had experienced in the last, you know, few years. But I didn't tell them like a story or like we're speaking now. I told them with, you know, silly songs and funny props and, crazy characters and, you know, all these weird ways of doing things. And and they were laughing too. It was nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was quite a night. And when it was over, I was relieved. I felt super exposed, but I was relieved. And and I said, okay, good. Now they can go home. We don't have to talk about it ever again. (laughs) Now they know. I literally went. Artists, we do expose ourselves. Yeah. But this was, um, this was different. And I think this was my first time that I really, 
because it was all me. It wasn't like bits of me that I could use for a fictional, a fictitious character. It was just. And people are wondering what part is you and what part isn't. This is right. all you. This is all me. I went afterwards, literally to the front door, opened it, wanted them to just shuffle out and go home. And they didn't go. They, uh, they started talking about stuff. It brought up about a bunch of stuff that they had experienced and they started talking that we were there for a long time. And that got me really fascinated. Thought about put, putting it on a CD? I thought maybe I should do that, but I'm aiming really big right now because what happened after that night, I was very fascinated by what happened after. And I said, this is fascinating that people are, you know, we're a group of friends and we didn't really know about each other. And my friend said, you have to make this as one of your shows, like create a, sh- a real show. And I did. And that's how I started with this show. So I have this live comedic show that I've been performing for a few years now. And now I'm aiming high because I really want more people to see it because of what it's doing. It's causing people to think and relate and talk. So I want it to have it as a, like a Netflix comedy special. (laughs) Like that's really what I want to do and have it recorded and have it there. So that's my ultimate goal. I'm hoping with you. Yeah, yeah. So enlighten people. It's gonna help people. It's gonna make people feel not uh, so alone. Yeah, and then even somebody like me. Honestly, this is the first time I've ever learned so much on this topic. But I'm happy to learn it. Yeah, be in a position where I can understand and be there for people who are going through it uh, in a different way. Yes, it's quite astounding. You know, the official statistics for today in in the US, it's, you know, one out of every eight couples. There are some countries that are one out of every six couples who are trying to conceive and are having trouble. But I, but I like to think of it as statistics. Statistics means they had to get the information from somewhere and some people were not speaking. So it's probably even more than that. Basically, it means that you know someone who has gone through or is going through this, even if you don't know it. So it really means basically in general, everyone has their baggage, but with this, especially people need to be aware that it it isn't that simple for everyone. It it isn't um, something that is that easy to talk about. I I was speaking with uh, someone a while back. They were kind of grilling me. They were like, well, but I don't know why you're thinking it's so taboo. I mean, everyone knows IVF and, and infertility. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people do now know those words but they don't know what that means. What does that mean on a day-to-day, on an hour-to-hour in your relationship, in your life? Mm-hmm. It's so loaded. It's so much more than just buzzwords. I, I'm telling you, honestly, and from my heart, I so appreciate you've enlightened me. I'm glad to know what you've helped me know today. You know, we talked before, and I don't think I got the same understanding in that <laughs> conversation that I have now, really. Yay. Mm-hmm. This is good. Good. So, I want to shift a little bit. Now yeah. we're go a little bit more back toward the arts. Sure. <laughs> the whole conversation is intertwined with this topic, though, of course. So as a young girl, you weren't considered popular, but ironically, right. you went into the field of entertainment, comedy specifically. And you have agreed to do a bit of one of your comedy shows that deals with this topic of infertility with me and my guests. So, well, my audience. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I am incredibly excited to see what you're going to do for us. So right now, because we're, you know, in a sound medium, I can't do anything too flashy. I can't bring out my fire, my firecrackers and... (laughs) 
I have an unfair advantage. I still get to see your facial expressions and everything. (laughs) And I may have some clips that can go out video, but you know what? Just go for it and do your thing. I think it's going to come across because you you have such a, a spirit around it. Thank you. My show is basically a, an autobiographical comedy about an infertility. Mm-hmm. And so one of the bits, I'll just give a little intro so people won't be like, what is this? So tell one me, of the, <laughs> the name of your show, the I name know. is inconceivable, the totally true one woman, semi-fertile quasi musical. It's an easy short title. And that's why I had you say it. <laughs> But it's also because I'm so nerdy in that way. There's a reasoning because inconceivable because of the dual meaning, but the rest of the title is also because it's just like infertility. You know, you think it's one little thing, but it's so much longer and more complex than that one little word. So, (laughs) so within that show, you know, I talk a lot about it. And one of the things I talk about is that we had tried basically for a long time in any which way people were asking us, well, have you tried this? And have you really tried? And we said, yeah. And have I said, I have we really that did. We, there are a lot of things that, uh, in that, in that sense, but yeah. So I've tried so many things that were unconventional because the treatment, the proper treatments was like, that was insane with all the hormones and everything. It really takes a toll on everything. And people would ask, well, have you tried anything? unconventional. And I said, yes, so many that I've created a whole song (laughs) about all the unconventional stuff, the crazy stuff that I've tried. And Mm -hmm. I have to say that every time I do it, I'm like, wait, I think I left out something because (laughs) because there's like, there's so many. So this is it. It's kind of like a little rap. And I usually do this, um, this little uh, metronome in it. I don't know if you can hear it though. Can you hear that? I do. Yeah, it's like my little rhythm. Okay. Okay. As the clock ticks, there are some tricks to deviate from what's conventional. Instead of hormone shots, there must be lots of such a try. That's unconventional. Oh, I've tried juices, smoothies, and all kinds of shakes. And listening to fertility audio tapes, diets that are gluten-free, vegan, and organic, the clock's still ticking. But don't panic. I've tried acupuncture on my tummy reflexology on my feet, Chinese herb tea that's not yummy, and Peruvian roots to eat. Heat cupping on my back and peeled almonds for a snack, eating a carrot a day with a mantra to say, vitamins, yoga, different sexual positions, meeting some self-proclaimed fertility magicians, mystical group challah baking, not thinking about all this baby making, creams, oils, and a weird smelling powder. The clock's still ticking. Is it getting louder? I tried acupuncture and all kinds of meditations, NLP counseling, drops for relaxation, magnets on my toes. Yes, even those. Brainwave music and a bunch of weird props. Oddly enough, the ticking never stops. I've even tried belly dancing and aligning my cycle with the moon. I don't seem to be at all advancing, but my unconventional list now has a tune. And stop. (laughs) Wait. Here is one last professional tip. It's the best. And by best, I really mean worse. Said so easily, so obviously it could just make you burst. Relax. Don't think about it. Okay, no problem. No big deal. I'll just completely stop to think and feel. Okay, of course it's stress. I'm totally obsessed. Counting and tracking and how many yoga I freak out and 
space out and tear up, but I digress. Relax, 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 relax. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bravo. Excellent. Wow. Thank you. you. Talk about all the topics you're covering in there. Yes. That's all um, most of the stuff that was unconventional that we've tried. Again, like we said earlier, it becomes this whole obsession that you're in that you don't even know you're in. And you're so willing to, okay, what? You want me to like dance around 10 times on one foot? I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever happened. You know, like people, (laughs) I've heard people have traveled to like very uh, specific holistic rock that you have to sit on. And then you become, you know, like Mm -hmm. in the middle of like, I don't know, Mexico somewhere. Like I've heard of the, of crazy or things that people have done. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. You know, I I get it. Like (laughs) do what you got to do. You know, if I hug, it'll get me fertile. I'll hug it. I'll hug it all day. (laughs) I know you had your beat going, but I started rocking. People can't see us, but I was about to do the human (laughs) beatbox. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I know. See, if I could beatbox and talk at the same time, (laughs) I would do it. Thanks so much. Again, it's enlightening. It's fun. You're sharing your art. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And you know what? Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We all have something that's been hard in life. That's hard for us to talk about. I'm in a window where I'm getting to the point, I'm releasing a book around a topic that's hard for me to talk about. I experienced sexual abuse when I was younger and I started writing this novel and I kept making all these excuses 20 years ago. I kept saying, when I finish my dissertation, legitimate reasons why I'm not writing the book, of course. (laughs) Right. And I realized that it was really stemming mostly from an emotional place. It was hard for me to face the things that my character was encountering and and being real like just facing it head on and dealing with it I applaud your courage I applaud my own courage yes I (laughs) applaud your courage I think that's amazing and I think you know like what you're saying is also I I would tell you I think it's so important not only for yourself to kind of release that and and get that closure or understanding of a different perspective of yourself but it's also kind of a possible guidebook for someone else Yeah, exactly what I hope for. I knew we would make a great show together because our heart is in the right place. Yay. Entertainment. Yes, it's our personal story, but we're trying to help others. And I love that. I love people in life who want to do that. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I'm so glad to that. Maybe, you know, the the highest purpose is if you can help even one person. That's everything. That's what I say, focus on. I literally say one person, if what I'm doing helps one person, is that good enough? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, if we could reach others, that's even better. But of if course. it's just the one person, yeah, it's worth You know, in a sense you are, because even if you reached one person, that person is an entire world that affects all of their people. And they in turn will I'm now- right live differently and, and in a better way. And so it will reciprocate to other people. Yay, I love the way you said that. So now we're doing a little, another slight little shift again. Okay. My next question for you is what was your turning point 
And how did you heal from the pain and turn into your purpose? I think we've touched on it already. Yeah. About the comedy. If there's anything you want to add to that, add it. If not, then you can say that too. I think, you know, when I first uh, did that night in front of my friends, it was just to get, to get it out. And then when I did it as the first time as a real show in front of strangers, it was also more of kind of like a professional challenge for me. It was the first solo show I'd ever done as well. So it was like a challenge in many ways. But when it kind of spiraled after that and I continued, it's because after that first show, when I had strangers coming up to me and saying, wow, thank you, that's our daughter's story and we had no clue. Or thank you, that's what my sister is going through. And I didn't really understand all the nuances So that made me see, okay, that's the purpose of this thing. I didn't even think about that when I started. It was really just to kind of do the show and more of like a performance thing, maybe a little bit of therapy for me. I don't know. After I did that and I saw the reaction and doing the show, obviously is not easy for me because I'm essentially reliving everything. And it's a very, the PTSD is real, (laughs) you know, and it's triggered. And and I, and I leave, you know, I'm done with that show drained, but if I hear that laughter and I hear that reaction afterwards of people having thought about something or even people that have never gone through infertility or no, but now they understand. I had medical professionals in my audiences before that said, oh, I didn't think about it that way. If that does that, that's my thing. So that's why now I'm like, oh, now I got to do this. This is my mission. I got to get everyone to see this. The response you're telling me about, nothing gets better than that. Every now and then, it's different for me because I'm not in person, it's recorded, but every now and then someone gets in touch with me and they tell me something like, that show was just for me. I oftentimes, I don't release the episodes in the order that I recorded them, but it finds its way to land and release in a moment when someone's going through that very thing and people will contact me. And you know what? It's actually a lot of hard work. But those yeah. moments is what keeps me going and saying, you know what, I can I can keep going. Yeah, it's, it's important. It's doing something. It's helping people. It's so fulfilling to hear that, and that's what yeah. we're trying to do—not to hear it per se, but it's that confirmation that maybe it's working. And, and it is for sure working. We sometimes maybe underestimate it, but that's how it is. You know, even if someone is listening just to listen, just to be like, okay, it's in the background. But if it's just one little word or sentence that picks up or triggers some sort of thought and can change their whole trajectory of the day and essentially their, you know, the the way they move forward, it's everything super important. So we're at our last question. And it's the, the last question that I ask every single guest. And it's, which one final gem can you leave with our audience today? The single most important idea you've shared. They don't remember anything else. You want them to hold on to this and it'll help them go to their next level best around the things we've shared about today. This is something that we didn't talk about yet, but it's very important and it encompasses everything. Mm-hmm. And it, I'll just say yes. And, and I'll explain. <laughs> you might know this, but for those who don't, So yes, and is actually the foundation concepts of improvisation, theatrical improvisation. And those uh, who may have seen something like whose line is it anyway, that's called like short form improv. It's basically actors on stage creating some sort of scene or story that is unscripted. They're creating it on the spot with a few set of rules or whatever the situation may be. And the whole founding principle of yes, and is for the purpose of having the scene 
be and move forward, which means if you are on stage and you're creating an improvised scene and your partner suggests something, you have to say yes, not the word yes, meaning you have to go with it. Um, Because if you don't, then the scene dies and it stops and you can't move forward. So if someone says, hey, did you bring the rope to climb the tree? And you're like, what tree? We're, we're like in an empty room. So, you know, you kind of killed the the stage, but the the scene. But if someone comes up and says, hey, you know, you, you bring the rope and then you're like, yeah, and I brought some, you know, some marshmallows so we can like, you know, later roast some marshmallows when we're done, climb the tree or whatever. And then you went with the flow and you did the and. So mm-hmm. the and is the, the contribution, the addition that you are bringing. I love that this you whole concept- I'm foggy. I, at first I was like, I didn't think I understood you, but you actually took me way back to acting yeah. class. And yeah, now yeah. I do remember. You know, it's something that is very useful for life because I, yeah. you know, I love how, you know, we just said how theater parallels life, but, mm-hmm. but improv specifically, it's so useful to have that concept of yes. And because if you have that in your mindset that you're going to go with the flow and contribute you can move forward. You'll always move forward. And the the opportunities are endless that way. Whereas if you're negating and you're saying no, 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 or you don't contribute, then you're stopped and you don't move forward. And this is true for real life because, you know, it's just like you and me. If one of us didn't suggest, hey, are we doing an episode together? And the other one didn't say yes, we wouldn't be here talking right now. And the and concept is the adding to it. And I think with me. And it's funny because I was in that, I was literally yes. Anding on stage every day, but I was not doing that in my real life with infertility for a long time until I said, okay, I'm ready. And then I just said, yes. And, and I contributed like my part and I brought from myself and then all these things happen, like the show happened. And I met all these people. I, I mean, I met you, you know, this is all through that. And once you're able to do the yes and, and you can like move forward. So it's this concept with, of course, I always say a little asterisk. If someone's offering you crystal meth, don't say yes. And that's not, you know, it's common sense. I'm glad you put that caveat. Yes. <laughs> it's basically that just kind of go with the flow. That makes sense because you it want to move make forward. Sense. I love the way your brain works. You set us up to think of it. It, it from so many different angles. Yeah. You're a true teacher. I don't know if you know (laughs) that, but you are. You're gifted. The way you explain it on so many different levels, you you share levels of understanding. Wow. Thank you. And it's funny because I I would actually coach, you know, uh, theater workshops and improv workshops. And I would always say, you know, this is something you don't, if you're never going into acting, use it because it's like, it's for life. It's this thing where the outcomes are completely different if you do it this way or that way. And so it's a nice little tool to have in your box. I love it because that applies to all of my audience, whether they've experienced infertility or not, whether they know someone who has or not, they still got a gift from you of yes and. And we're all more empowered to have an eye out and help people around us that might be suffering in this way in silence. So I just want to, I know I've been saying thank you throughout, but (laughs) one big last bravo and thank you. Thank you. You're a beautiful person and keep You are too. Thank you. And I'm really trusting and hoping that you get your heart's desire around that Netflix deal with the comedy show (laughs) and keep spreading the word in the way that you're doing it, the unique way that you're doing it. You're being authentically you. 
and it's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Again, thanks for being on my show. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.